Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are back with episode number 306 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. And as always, the show would not be possible, obviously, without our kick-ass listeners, but our awesome sponsors as well. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades doing it big time. You guys see me wearing the Blue Light Plus glasses every single episode of the podcast, anytime we're editing, anytime Matt's watching Liverpool do what they do, he's got the Blue Light Plus glasses on because, believe it or not, you only get one set of eyes, so you got to protect those bad boys. And if you're outside driving to work, socially distant, obviously, protect them with the sunglasses that they've got. Because two brothers from Long Island said, why are we going to pay an arm and a leg for these designer sunglasses when we can make pairs of our own for a fraction of the price? So when you go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, and enter the code USP at checkout to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your order. And uh, guys, you know, we're in the thick of winter right now. Storms are brewing almost every single week, it seems like. And, uh, you know, I saw a tweet from the Weather Channel today, Matt, from January 21st saying that February was going to be arguably the hottest month across the country. Uh, and it could bleed into the spring and summer. Uh, well, I guess we've seen hell freeze over. And it also looks like, you know, there's one to three inches in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. And luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure that you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced, and the trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or in the jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021, and the performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Might as well use the best tools to do the job. This bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver, Ball deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up at you and say, you know, hey, thanks. Don't get cold feet this winter, 
but do get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. They also have a ton of other amazing men, men's hygiene products on their website from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. So get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code USP. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Thank you to Manscaped for making our winter wieners look so good. And of course, our latest sponsor, our friends over at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. And once COVID's, you know, hopefully on the back burner and done and over with, we'll be hanging out at Stateside because they have a full bar, restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly, seven times distilled, certified gluten-free, and it's blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G, and it's also the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. It's also won awards for best package in the world. Go to statesidevodka.com to purchase your one-liter vodka bottles and get our discount 10% off your order with promo code USP. Must be 21 or older to order, and please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream. We, uh, we got a lot to dive into. Sixers back from their West Coast trip did not go as planned like we had hoped. Uh, ben Simmons out tonight, Wednesday, against the Rockets. Doc Rivers doesn't want the media talking about COVID because he says it's a bad word. Um, Joel Embiid will play, and it looks like the Flyers' outdoor game is going to go on. Plus, we got a lot of fun golf news as well because Adam Sandler and Shooter McGavin going at it on Twitter, and Mario Golf is coming back. Right, yeah. Not a not a great day overall for uh, <laughs> the Nintendo Direct. I was hoping for a little bit of better stuff. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, uh, as Philly sports goes, getting into the Sixers is a rough rough road trip. A little bit more of what we saw last year with just um, not quite non-competitive games, but not a, not the type of performances you want. Obviously, especially the Jazz game, you don't have Embiid for, which is a late scratch as well. That wasn't like kind of a predetermined thing. Um you know, and we kind of predicted that he'd probably miss one of those games. Uh, makes sense that it'd probably be the last of the road trip to give him the maximum amount of rest and not have to, you know, take a cross-country flight after having played. So, yeah, it's, that that's unfortunate. And that's the way this season has gone so much is pretty much every time you play a team, either you or the other team is having, you know, a starter out or even one of their stars out. And it's hard to gauge, you know, who's actually – uh, competent and who's actually the best team in basketball and who's you know, really contenders and who aren't. I think you could look at the Sixers situation and make a case either way. People will make the case, obviously, that this team isn't a contender based off what we've seen this year. And people will also be able to say that, well, this team is a contender because, you know, the games, you know, they'll, they'll list the teams we beat, maybe not get the context for some of those games. So, yeah, it's um, it's a little bit all over the place right now in terms of narrative, at least. Uh, but we'll, you know, we we still don't have a, a still doesn't feel like we have a total clue on how good the Sixers team actually is. Yeah, and uh, tonight's starting lineup, uh, according to the team, will be Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Matisse Thybul gets the start in place of Ben Simmons, and then Seth Curry. Uh, what did you make of Ben Simmons' dominant performance against the Jazz? Unfortunately. Uh, it did happen to be Jordan Clarkson time uh, against the Jazz as well, but Ben goes for a career-high 42 points and 
looked the best that he has since that kind of 16-game win streak, I'd say, you know, from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great game from him, and I've been critical of Ben that when Joel's out, he doesn't have the ability to take games over, and he hasn't had, like, really explosive scoring performances, essentially, when Embiid's been out. Um, you know, to do that against a really good Jazz team, they're also very good defensively, that's promising. And I think what's interesting about Ben is we've seen over the last like two weeks especially kind of the ideal version of Ben Simmons the, the more ideal version the utopian version is he actually <laughs> starts shooting and shoots well but I think if we're being realistic I think this is the type of Ben Simmons play style that we want going forward um aggressive especially like pushing to the rim a lot um obviously the like the the playmaking is still there at a really elite level and, and he's still defending well so yeah I think offensively if we can get you know he's not going to have 40 point outbursts you know with with Embiid on the floor right but um those are the types of just it's almost similar to Tobias where it's like when you think about what's changed it feels like more of a confidence and mental thing rather than any sort of leap that they're taking in, 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 a, in a talent sense um, I think it's the same for Ben in that he just needs to be a little more aggressive at times and I, I think a lot of what ha has happened to Ben Simmons in his lack of development offensively I think has to do with a, a confidence issue and not necessarily I don't think he's not talented enough to, to certainly score but um, yeah I, I think it's it's promising in a way because obviously the three straight losses on the road sucks especially since those were all contenders those you know especially the Jazz, uh, by record at least, best team in the NBA right now. Like You want to be uh, not just competing with these teams, but beating them. The fact that you walk away from that trip without a single win sucks, and you know it doesn't really, again, if you're talking about what this team is right now and how good they actually are, this is that's a bad hit <laughs> on the resume to take. Um, you know, But also, you have to say that... It, it's it's the regular season and you're still in a good position in the conference and you don't have to worry about the Suns and the Blazers and the Jazz you know until June hopefully I um, mean even then they're they're not the most likely teams but you know I, I think that the Sixers are still probably uh you know a bench piece away from being like in that upper tier and even then you know it, it would depend heavily on who that person is I I still think that they're probably behind uh, at least one or two of the other competitors at least yeah and I mean like you said you're not gonna have to worry about the teams that they played on this four game road trip um but it is pretty revealing that after the the Kings game when Shake Milton gets injured doesn't play the remaining three games of the road trip after the Kings game the bench seemed to just kind of fall apart yeah, I mean, we've we've raved about the bench when we've been raving about them. It's mostly been Shake Millen. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has had you know some inconsistency that you'd expect from a rookie. Uh, it's why a lot of that like really early season hype was like, all right, let's let's relax, obviously, because we know that he's not going to have that consistency. You know, this is the hardest year, not just you know for for any NBA player, but especially for rookies in terms of. Um, the quick turnaround that they had to go through from getting drafted to just stepping into an NBA team. Normally they have, you know, like six months to prepare, not even just mentally, but physically as well to, you know, add on any kind of muscle and also get really good conditioning to be able to play with, with grown men as opposed to, you know, 20 year olds. So that's, that's a huge, huge undertaking. So Maxi obviously hasn't had like the most stellar last few weeks, but also he's a rookie and, yeah, it's, it's a lot to put that burden on him. So without Shake, 
you are left again where we were last year with the bench where it's not very much Matisse has been a real negative offensively this year which is which is a huge struggle for him uh it's it's really reminiscent of like the Ben situation where so much of the good that he gives you can be wiped out uh, because of just how much of a black hole he can be and he doesn't have the playmaking that Ben can give you right um, and he's another guy too I think is struggling a little bit just confidence on, on the offensive end because we saw last year that he was certainly like he was by no means good offensively but he was at least passable enough to be like a, a good like rotator like on on the team and and have like as a good like eighth or ninth option we hadn't like really seen a ton of that this year obviously some of the defensive numbers are still good but that's also because he's been playing a little bit less like so naturally some of, especially some of those advanced stats are going to really pop out at you when he's you know playing you know eight to eleven minutes you know that's obviously going to be boosted so it's tough. It's good for him to get the start tonight, I think. Um, that maybe gets him out of that funk a little bit. But, yeah, the bench has been struggling, and I, I don't think that's much of a surprise because Shake has been carrying a lot of that weight, and you know, now you're seeing some of those blemishes. Yeah, and I mean, Richie brought this up on the episode of Unplugged Shot Clock that came out today on our Instagram page. I've been talking about it with people. You know, you kind of have less players on this roster than what you – literally have because there are guys like Terrence Ferguson who you know we said we didn't want on this team to begin with just because of his off the court stuff but dude doesn't play and he's taking up a roster spot he's making 3.2 million dollars you'd have to imagine you know once the trade deadline gets closer whenever a deal is ready to be you know made for Daryl Morey for whatever bench piece you're going to add to this team Terrence Ferguson has to be on the way out yeah, definitely. He's he's certainly one of the more expendable uh, pieces that we have, and um, yeah, I, I, at the time too, he wasn't a, a player that you thought like, wow, this is going to be a huge addition. This is just very much a bench filler. Um, yeah, I think you know, especially in the next few weeks, you're going to see like the buyout market heat up, and you also see like trade stuff heat up. You know, you're, you're hearing obviously not that we're going to be in for like a Blake Griffin, right? But you're hearing like guys like that being on the on the market now. And, I think you can see, like, certainly a domino effect if someone like Boston goes out and gets Blake Griffin, right? Just mm -hmm. hypothetically, right? What that could do to other teams, potentially. Um, what else Detroit could be interested in doing because they're clearly a team that's interested in, in losing as many games as possible. So Looks like Andre Drummond's going to get traded. Right. They, you know, they have, a, especially Detroit, is an abundance of big men as well that they could potentially part ways with, so... Yeah, I think there's there's lots there's gonna be lots of options there. It's just what's the best path. And again, a lot of these buyout guys are ones that you can't really predict. It's hard to like look at a roster team to team and think, all right, he's not gonna be there in two weeks. They're not, or who's necessarily available for trade and what that's gonna take. Um, yeah, you know, any trade for the Sixers is gonna be very very minor, I think, because we don't have a ton of assets. We don't have a ton of tradable players either. Like we don't really have much of value to give away. And I'm not sure who the seller is even for us in that situation because what we're looking for, I don't know that is really out there, right? Like if you're looking for someone to stretch the floor a little bit as a big man, especially like that's not a very large market to begin with. And what you'd have to pay is probably not worth, um, you know, what it is to this team. So we'll see. We'll see what the Sixers do. It's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure, though. I was playing around with the trade machine the other night, and we typically have a trade machine episode of the show anyway that'll probably come next month, but 
one of the guys that's kind of been on Sixers Twitter radar since the Harden saga began was P.J. Tucker. Seems like a guy that you could go get, especially you know where, with where the Rockets are sitting right now. You see them tonight uh, in just a couple minutes tip-off. I think got pushed to 740 now, but I mean, he's on a, a affordable contract. He's making like $7.9 million. I messed around with the trade machine. With this deal, does it happen? More than likely not, but you'd have to put draft picks into it, I'm sure, to even make it considerable. But Terrence Ferguson and one of the, the third-string centers on this team, whether it's Tony Bradley or Vincent Poirier, for P.J. Tucker works in the trade machine. Right, you'd, you'd definitely have to add a, a draft asset right. in, in there to get him. I don't think it would take very much, but you know, you, like a high-valued uh, second-round pick might get that done depends on like where the Houston's heads at right they just got a you know a huge like draft haul obviously from the James Harden trade um their franchise is in a weird direction I think the the one thing there is it clearly seems like uh we weren't given the opportunity to put in uh an extra bid on the Harden deal and I'd have to imagine some of that at least has to do with Daryl Morey being involved with the Sixers organization now Obviously, the Rockets is where he's coming from. I, you know, what are the optics right there if, you know, they're trading, you know, a pretty valuable player to them in, on a good deal, um, you know, at least to the fan base if they're trading that person away to Daryl Morey? I don't know. Um, but P.J. Tucker is also a player that I think probably a little bit upset about, you know, just the fact that he took a, a, a smaller deal to, to stick around for a championship contending team and has seen it all kind of collapse around him. So... Maybe there's an angle where if he has a preferred destination and that destination happens to be Philadelphia, maybe a deal gets done. But yeah, I mean, he's he's certainly a player that I think every contending team would want to have because he's a, he's a really good ball stopper. You can play like the small ball five, which is obviously unique. Um, I don't know how that fits exactly with how the Sixers play because I don't know how much need we have for him. But, you know, again, you if you have the ability to add talent like that at a low cost, I think you have to consider it for sure. And then the other one that keeps getting brought up is North Philly's own Kyle Lowry. That would be that would be a, a really really fantastic addition to the Sixers team. Uh, would fill in a lot of the gaps that we need very nicely. Uh, he'd be a great, obviously, like creator. He's, you know, he, it's it's weird because he's had this, I think, tag of being like not great in the playoffs for a lot of his career. I think so much that goes back to those two or three years where the Raptors kept getting running into LeBron and getting stopped. Um, but I mean, he's, he's won a championship, right? He's, he has uh, obviously a lot of experience and yeah, he, he would definitely be a good fit here. Again, I think the question becomes, what are you, what are you paying to give him up? Um, again, could be a situation where, because obviously all that he's given to the Toronto organization that, you know, maybe it's like a, a wink and a nod type of thing, but also, you know, Toronto's in, a competitive situation now either they're not exactly the team they're not like a rockets where they're happy to kind of just give a guy away for an asset or two and, and look towards the future the raptors are in a weird position where they're middling right now their future that they can pivot a few different ways you know lowry's probably not like returning like he could very well be gone so maybe you just try and get an asset for him now anyway but you know again if you're trying to compete in the playoffs this year you, you want kyle lowry on your team so yeah, and I mean, the, the Raptors now are in much better position than what they were a couple weeks ago, where now they're in the playoff picture, they're the seven seed. 
is there anybody else that's like kind of floating around the league right now in one of these you know bottom tier teams? Somebody that comes to mind that seems to always be tied to the Sixers is Terrence Ross. Right. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't like trading with the Magic just because I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's it's bad vibes all the way around and almost every time. Right. Uh, it just has not ever. It's never been fun. <laughs> those, those trades have never been enjoyable for anyone. I don't think. I think other than Dario. Right. Right, exactly. Um, that might be the only one. So, yeah, he he's certainly, like, talent-wise and play-style-wise a fit. I don't know if the contract is a fit. That's That could be an issue, and I I just I don't personally see it. Again, you know, you're, you're looking at the Magic, who's probably going to, like, sell themselves that they could make, like, the, the play-in game and, you know, make some noise, right? Like, that's, that's probably the goal for them is to continue developing. But, yeah, I think... Um, I, I would I would rate that as low probability. <laughs> yeah. I also didn't even realize he signed that extension. So. Right. Um, I don't think many people did because yeah, no, one, Terrence Ross. no one really pays much attention Fun to guy. Orlando. But. but, I mean, it doesn't – because almost every other team, you know, it's maybe four teams in the East that are in the bottom. You'd say the Magic, the Cavs, the Wizards, and Pistons. And then in the West, it's maybe the Rockets, Thunder, and Timberwolves right. that are, you know – kind of starting to turn the page a bit on this season and, and look towards the future. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's super competitive, especially with the added, like, play-in spots. You know, it gives some incentive to these teams to maybe not give up on the season so quickly, or you're going to have to make it worth their while to kind of part with an asset. So that's where a lot of these, like, your trade ideas coming from is just a little bit difficult, a little bit murky, because when you look at those teams in those situations, um, you know, you have to find, it's like breaking down like a murder case, right? There has to be like a motive, right? Like in what is the motive for a team to be giving away an asset for very cheap right now? Like not a whole lot. Like that's, that's going to be the, the issue I think that you're, you're going to run into when you talk about trades. Again, buyouts could be different, um, but even then buyouts, you know, there's no guarantee that those guys are there every year. Every contending team is saying, well, we'll just pick up a buyout guy. And it's like, Every contender wants to do that. There are seven teams that would love to have a buyout guy land in their situation, but only one team is going to get them. And again, there's there's typically only two or three guys that are worth really picking up. Um, you know, not everyone that that hits that waiver market is necessarily going to be a, a game changer for you. I'll give you three more guys because they seem to be talked about, or it would just be pretty hilarious if they came back. First one, George Hill. I'm not that interested. I not either. I've seen people talking about, oh, we just need to go get George Hill. I'm like little to no interest in bringing George Hill here. Right. It's not. He's really not like not. He's he's one of those players that I think has like name value, but mm-hmm. not necessarily the talent value that people are thinking of anymore. It's like it's like bringing up like Lou Williams, right? Where it's like, yeah. Oh, like he'd be a great addition. It's like if this was 2015, yes, but that's not the situation anymore. Same team just with hair, Mike Muscala. No, <laughs> you know, it will always be a legend. Obviously. Uh, he's the reason we have Tyrese Maxey on this team. So we owe a lot to, to the moose, but no thanks. And the other one that keeps getting floated around that I think a lot of us would just like want to punch a wall. If it happened is uh Nemanja Bielitsa. I mean, he, <laughs> the man who scorned us. Uh, that would be that would be again from like a full circle. A, a play style fit certainly could work, but again, what what's the likelihood he's a buyout? It's, he has fallen out of favor with the Kings. 
it's tough to say. It's it's really, really tough to say if, if he's like a buyout candidate, right? Again, you know, maybe his price is lower, and if you really like him, you make that move. But I, I don't necessarily see it. And that's, again, where this where this gets hard is when you actually start to have to look at names and think about not just their fit with the team, but like the realistic opportunity you have to get them. And it, there's a reason that there's not like tons and tons of trades all the time. I know it feels like that with the NBA, but... Yeah, that's just because we get like one blockbuster trade a year and that's that's it you know it, it's hard it's hard to really find value for these guys also uh could go back to the thunder and go to former future sixer trevor ariza yeah again another guy that is continually like wanted by uh contenders you know especially on a buyout market um yeah i i, I don't know that he's the trevor ariza from you know like 2017 2018 but certainly would be fit obviously daryl morey would know plenty about trevor ariza and his skill set um so that could be like a, a potential you know good sign for the sixers if you know he hits waivers whatever but uh, again i you just have to think about the likelihood and it's not it's not super high yeah uh so the sixers and rockets play tonight i think the only thing i'm really bummed about is we don't get ben simmons against john wall yeah that would have been nice um Especially coming off the 42-point game for Ben. Right. You know, it's it's just unfortunate. It's weird because Ben, coming into the year, we were worried about his back and all, all these other kind of uh, issues with him physically, and we haven't seen a ton of that this year. Um, obviously, we hope, whatever the reason is tonight, it's like just low-key. Allegedly, it's, uh, Doc Rivers thinks he has like the stomach flu. Cool. Hope it's just that and he's back uh, very quickly. I hope it's not a return of... Uh, uh, respiratory infection. Yeah, well, it, was, it used to be that, and then it was respiratory yeah, infection. Upper respiratory infection. We all know what that was. Yeah, exactly. So you know, hopefully, hopefully, but he's Mike Muscala is gone. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and he's yeah. got hair now. Right. Um, Matt, the day has come though. Pitchers and catchers officially in the books. Day one. Archie Bradley tweeted out uh, his new profile picture. He's wearing number 23 for the Phillies. Um. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. If you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know we have a whole catalog of podcasts, a number of franchises under our umbrella, and I want you to do me a favor. Once you're done listening to this episode, once you're done subscribing, leaving a five-star rating or review on the Apple Podcast feed like we know you always do, I want you to hop over and check out the Outside the Box podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's our flagship pro lacrosse podcast. Ton of fun stuff, amazing interviews, content. We know that lacrosse, you know, we're still in a bit of a limbo period, but hey, do us a favor, check it out, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and maybe learn about the sport of the future. And with that, let's get back to the show. And I think the biggest story that's getting talked about that we will address and then move forward with our joy and happiness of Philly's spring training being here is uh, everybody talking about Odubel Herrera. The OH, the big O. Uh, it's a stupid decision by them. Um, even if you're talking about from like a devoid of morals situation, this guy's been played baseball in two, two years. years. 
what I is, get it from the CBA aspect where it's like you can't just like whatever. But I'll, I'll say it right now. There's no way in hell this dude sniffs Citizens Bank Park again. Right. Even if he doesn't, though, people are going to remember the fact that he was invited back yeah. to like that. That doesn't matter. What matters is that, and right also now. Joe Girardi's response to saying that um, I can't remember his exact. It's not a good response. Yeah, I'll pull it up here. Uh, that you know, listen, like this wasn't a guy that like people don't like because of like his attitude or whatever. Like, oh, he doesn't like give enough. Like, the dude was arrested for assault. Like, uh, I <laughs> yeah, there's like perfectly valid reason to not like Odell Beckham and to not want him on this team. It's not. It's not one of those just, like, fan things where you just get on a certain player for whatever reason. Like, I think there's a totally legitimate reason why you, you don't like uh, Odubel. Uh, like, even that one, I don't think he really deserves a chance to prove himself. Um, yeah. Whatever, you know, like, it's just not... <laughs> to me, it's, it's not... And it's going to steal a lot of the attention away, obviously, from... What's typically like an exciting time of the year now? It's gonna they're gonna see unfortunately like a lot of pieces about Odubel and having to to rehash his situation. It's just it it would have been so much easier to just I don't know not invite him. To, yeah, <laughs> to just cut ties. I you know I don't know. So uh, he said that quote I'm not allowed to keep a player from being a participant just because somebody doesn't like him. Right. That's not a very ideal response. Yeah. You know you could just give like a very boilerplate like listen. Um, we're giving him an opportunity to prove himself, and that's it. You know, it's strictly like a baseball decision, and that's all you had to say. You didn't have to add in mm-hmm. this extra. I get you want to like maybe defend a player right and whatever, but it's just not not a good look. Yeah, it stinks. Um, what doesn't stink is Jared Hughes, former Philly, <laughs> announced his retirement. Uh, tweeted out, "I'm getting all sad reading everyone's comments on my career. I really made some good friends while playing." And to those of you that only remember me for the meme, I have one thing to say to you, and it's the JT Real Muto gift shaking his head, looking beyond pissed off of Jared Hughes running out of the bullpen. I, I think I uh, I quote tweeted that once and said when JT Real Muto has to catch for the fan of the night in the sixth <laughs> inning, uh, which is honestly what our bullpen was for <laughs> the last two years. Probably would have been better. You know, they have the little... Uh, in right field, the kids' corner. Yep. How they have like the the pitch. You could honestly just scout someone from there, and I think it might have been better than our bullpen. But yeah, good for him for having a a good sense of humor. Because there's it. not many guys now that like would laugh play at fun a with that. Bit. Yeah. Um, I mean Jared Hughes, even before he got to Philly, had a, a pretty quality baseball career. So shout out to Jared Hughes for his lasting memory in Major League Baseball being with the Phillies. Um, had some of the most elite photo day headshots of all time as well and jt real muto played along too on twitter and said this is gold congrats on a great career buddy uh philly's also continuing very to... glad i don't have to catch for you anymore. yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you for allowing me to secure my bag yeah uh philly's also signed another bullpen piece uh earlier today tony watson former san francisco giant is coming to the phillies um i like it he's a very good left-handed reliever um, has had a lot of quality years in Major League Baseball. Seems like one of those guys that is on a minor league deal right now and until they put some guys on the injured list like Sir Anthony Dominguez. Who knows if we'll ever see him again. Um, but him, Brandon Kinsler, and some of these guys that are more accomplished but are on those kind of like minor league invite-to-spring training deals, they're going to be 
in this bullpen because they're better than anybody on the roster right now. Right, and surprisingly, the bullpen has done a, a pretty big 180 in the last few weeks. Um, whereas now you're looking at the starting pitching and like scratching your head a little bit, thinking yeah. ah, that <laughs> that might be the weakest point of this team now. Um, which I mean, both pitching uh, areas were already the weakest point of this team. So the fact that if you strengthen one, the other one is still not uh, as great. But it does obviously give you some comfort because I think so many times last year, and you know, we know with the way this season could very well be, you're going to find yourself probably with more double headers than you'd like. Maybe a few like seven inning games. Um, you know, that having that good relief could really, really come in key because there was just way too many times to count last year. Well, once you got to that uh, you know, sixth inning in some of those shorter games or the seventh or eighth where you just felt like there was absolutely no hope. And I think that that really drains the confidence of the team as well because when you know that you're going to have to defend uh, you know, a lead or, or make a comeback after being up you know, 5-2, like that just has to, to kill you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Tony Watson has a career 2.8 ERA. He's lefty. That makes him, like, what, a third-best reliever already? <laughs> uh. And, I mean, if you can have a back end of the bullpen being lined up, being Tony Watson, Brandon Kinsler, Hector Neris, Archie Bradley, that is the best four combo of relievers we've had probably since 2011. Yeah, literally. I, <laughs> I don't I – don't, I don't think there's really even much debate there, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's already, you know, we'll have to obviously see because so often we've seen this just blow up in our face somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to see how they actually perform. But yeah, it's it's on paper at least a, a, a good step for the Phillies in terms of where they're headed direction-wise. But um, starting pitching still has to worry you a little bit. I don't like the idea of like platooning guys at four and five pretty much it seems to be our plan, which just seems... Yeah dangerous and bad for confidence and just bad for winning baseball games so um we'll see (laughs) (laughs) obviously you know we we were really really critical of this team's approach coming into the year and that they hadn't made many signings they've changed some of that you have to like give them the credit at least for addressing the relief pitching but again to not really make any moves for for a starter is still worrying um Obviously, there's still time, <laughs> technically, to change that, but it does seem like they're just they're kind of rolling the dice again. When I I, I still feel like they they haven't they they don't need to do that, but we'll see. How do you feel about this year for Aaron Nola? Because I feel like this is going to be a year where we've seen him kind of like show like extended flashes of being that like superstar pitcher. I think this could be the year, especially knowing that you know JT is back. It's like you know, a lot of comfortability with what he's going to be able to do this year. Seems like everybody in the infield is going to be the same. Uh, we'll see what happens, you know, with Reese's recovery from uh, his elbow injury and everything. But for the most part, it's like the most sustained and secure cast of characters that Aaron Knowles had in his career. Right. You know, he's had lots of uh, instability around him, um, both in terms of like, the the pitching crew that's around him the coaches all that this is going to be the first time that he hasn't had some like huge shifts in that way which is a legit pitching coach this year yeah which which could be hugely beneficial it's weird because again last year was such a shortened season Mm -hmm. that it didn't didn't feel like a season at all yeah um and i mean nola's best season was now three years ago yeah so and that's not to say that he's been bad in between there but that was that was like 
he was, you know, a Cy Young candidate mm-hmm. that year, like that, and that was the level that we expected him to kind of leap off from. The following season was rough for lots of reasons, not because of Noel, but even then he was still good. And then last year you have this shortened season, so it's like, what conclusion could you possibly draw about anyone from sixty-two games? You can't. Um, you don't make huge sweeping conclusions after a third of the season. Why would you last year just because that was technically the full season? So. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it feels like we haven't seen him be good in a while, but yet he has been. And I think he's always been this kind of very quiet, like under the radar type of star here. Like um, he's performed well, but just has never really gotten the plaudits for it for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just the nature of the of the pitching position. These guys typically aren't like huge vocal you know, like celebrity, like superstars, like obviously it's usually up to like a Bryce Harper to be that guy. Um, but yeah, this could certainly be like in terms of production, it could be a huge year for him because he's hitting what you would assume to be his prime. He's had like a good time off now. He's probably had lots of time to like improve and work on himself. And again, you talk about the stability, all the external factors for why a player can improve. That's certainly there. Um, so yeah, it, it certainly could. And uh, he said today during media day that he thinks the team this year overall will be better and that missing the playoffs by one game last year sat with him and to know that they missed the playoffs by a game, it stings and every single game counts. Um, The older I get, the more every game matters to me. It's a kind of thing you want to hear, but yeah, I don't like to be reminded that we missed the playoffs by a game either. It's very cool. It sucks. Um, you know what else sucks? Uh, the Chicago Cubs like picking up our old sucky players because bringing back Jake Arrieta and uh, they signed Brandon Workman today too. Enjoy, Chicago. Yep, whatever, uh, whatever floats your boat, you ketchup-less fools. <laughs> uh, I'm excited though. You know, spring training's back. You and I love baseball season and it's uh, it's hopefully going to be a full 162. And, uh, I think I think it'll be a full, yeah. full for sure. You're definitely gonna have at least a few situations like we had last year with, you know, like you're seeing with like the hockey and baseball season, uh, with some some outbreaks and stuff and some postponements. But hopefully, all around will be a much smoother ride this year. Yeah. Uh, Flyers look like they're getting back on the ice. The outdoor game that they're playing at Lake Tahoe is going to happen. Uh, we could see some guys making their uh, potential NHL debut just because of how many guys the Flyers have out. Right. Um, it's a weird situation because I, I've always I found this weird this entire time that we've, we've been like playing sports with COVID is like they very frequently teams and like uh, like sports leagues don't give like adequate time for there to be more positive tests. And yeah, like it always feels very rushed, and the Flyers are like in that zone where it's like you're still like seeing like positive tests like two or three days after the most recent one, and that's like concerning because we know that you could have like a longer incubation period just by chance. So you hope that obviously everyone is uh, like actually healthy and and is, doesn't currently uh, have COVID, and you hope that everyone has it is is recovering well. But yeah, I mean it's exciting in the sense that you're playing in like you know, the big Lake Tahoe game, that's cool. Obviously, it's it's a cool experience, but um, I, I just think so much of uh, sports right now is tough to watch because there's no fans. It's, it's like, honestly, like, really, like, hit me the last few weeks where it's just, like, 
it's hard to get like super excited about games, especially you start thinking about like playoffs and stuff now for like hockey and basketball. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same feel. Like it doesn't have the same feel when you don't hear like the roar of a crowd. And when you don't like, you look at like the super bowl, right? Like that was like super tame. And like, I know that there was even people in the stadium, but it was, it was clearly not the same. I don't know. It's tough all the way around because you're going to have this huge venue and it's like, well, you know, what, what is normally like a huge spectacle has like tens of thousands of people there. It's like a huge weekend and it's like just nothing. Like we went, I was really, really lucky to be able to go watch the Flyers play the Penguins at the link a few years ago. That was one of the most incredible, yeah. just the game itself was obviously great because they come back to win. But just even just being there at the link, like an outdoor game is like a ton of fun to begin with. It just sucks, <laughs> but yeah. it, it just feels like, I don't know, you know, the, the sooner we can get fans back, the better. Um, but who knows when that's going to be? Obviously, for baseball, could certainly see, I could certainly see, you know, in the summertime having full, not full stadiums, but people in the stadiums again. But it's tough. It's certainly tough. I uh, I also forgot during our Philly segment, Philly's brought back the bamboo. Yeah. Brad Miller's back. It's the biggest story of the, of the week, I think. I, uh, I'm very excited because... Yes, it was kind of like a bit and, you know, bamboo season and bamboo Brad. It was a, a short little stint of that season, but Brad Miller still rakes. And to have him coming off the bench, I think, is a fantastic move by Dombrowski to bring him back. Uh, he's like a pseudo fan favorite, I'd say. And, you know, he seemed like a guy that, you know, during that season, everybody got along with, everybody liked and. He was just a lot of fun to have around, so for him to be back, I think, is uh, a good move by this front office again. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think he he kind of brought some levity to that season and a little bit of fun uh, when I think this team absolutely needed it and the fans needed it. I think that's why he's had this, like, it's good to have him back. I mean, he has, like, a nickname, right? Like, and that's not very common, uh, among, especially amongst, like, guys that are, like, added midseason that are more, like, just bench fillers. Um He's, he's had a, a good reputation here, so it's good to have him back. And then, uh, on the contraire, one of our favorite guys. I mean, Mike Trout pulls stars out to L.A. Phil Gosselin's going to the Angels. We, we love Phil Gosselin here. He's, <laughs> I, I, I've always enjoyed watching Phil Gosselin play. I wish him the best. Um, I've always thought he's a pretty decent platoon guy. You could do a lot worse, and he's local, too, which I think is always cool. Um so yeah, tons of luck out out there to him. Better weather at least. Yeah, I mean, that's you know it's pretty good upgrade. <laughs> uh, we also breaking news have headband Joe tonight. He looks very good. It's, we got to get a W now. Yeah. Um, in the in the movie entertainment golf world, 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore yesterday on Tuesday, and uh, Adam Sandler just never disappoints. Came out swinging. And still can mash a golf ball. That was impressive. <laughs> really, really impressive. I don't know what's more impressive, the shot itself or the confidence that he always has to wear like those just absolutely like double XL polos with basketball shorts and basketball shoes. Like I you know, he I I pray that I will have the, the just the confidence and the self esteem that Adam Sandler has, just like literally just wear whatever makes me comfortable and don't care. Like, and yep. he certainly hit that point in his life where he's, he's there and I, I, I love him for it, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I, you know, 
like all those movies, uh, like Adam Sandler movies were a lot of fun. I actually saw like a really interesting debate about who has the better run of sports movies between Will Ferrell or Adam Ooh. Sandler, which I think is, is honestly like a tougher, yeah. tougher question than it seems at first. Cause Adam Sandler, you have happy Gilmore, the longest yard water boy and uncut gems. Whereas Will Ferrell, you have semi pro Talladega nights, kicking and screaming and blades of glory. Like that's, yeah, it's about as tough of a matchup as you get. Um, personally, I think it has to go Will Ferrell just because. Really, Talladega Nights is like that's true. That's just huge. Like obviously, like Happy Gilmore is like fantastic as well. But I just I think Will Ferrell like they're just hilarious. They're they're both great. Elite. Yeah, like elite like selections in their own right. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's Sandler. I don't know, but. It's tough. Yeah, I saw a thing, too, that... Because you always notice that the Adam Sandler movies, whatever it may be, there's always they're always running them on TV, right? Right. Now. They're definitely on, you know, like, TNT, TBS yeah. type of stuff. And I've seen people bring up potential theories where they're going to run all of these, gauge, you know, the, the viewership of them on cable, and then potentially Adam Sandler create, like, his own streaming platform for his quote-unquote universe of movies and then people went even deeper and developed potentially uh, a way that every adam sandler movie is somehow connected to like one the, another the pixar universe kind of. <laughs> yeah i don't think adam sandler was planning on a, a <laughs> widespread gilmore cinematic wins. universe well it's like hey you know happy gilmore wins a tournament then it goes into you know a gambling addiction and there's right. uncut gems and I was like, man, one, people have way too much time on their hands to Absolutely. figure all of this out. But two, if somehow, some way it came out and Adam Sandler like confirmed that, that would be the wildest development of I don't think he has the universe <laughs> built. Um he does doesn't he have like an insane deal with Netflix though? Like I think I, so. I, I I don't know. I I think he seems like the type of that, guy like, that the Halloween movie and Right. He just seems to me like the type of guy that um likes making movies with his friends. And likes just doing like kind of like passion projects and stuff. Doesn't seem like the type of guy that like I think he has plenty of money. I don't know that he really needs like the. It's not like The Rock, right? Where it's yeah. like I could see The Rock making a streaming service with all of his crappy blockbuster summer movies to sell to people. Um, whereas Adam Sandler, I just feel like he got this huge Netflix bag on top of everything else he has on, on the other residuals that he'll get for the rest of his life. I, I look at the way he dresses. The guy's clearly not like hell bent on making uh, uh, Sandler flicks and like <laughs> making a huge deal out of it. So, yeah, I I would be surprised. Yes, it was January thirty first of twenty twenty. Signed a two hundred seventy five million four movie deal, and uh, claims that its viewers spent two billion hours watching his movies. I always love the way that Netflix like finagles it to make it sound like super super impressive. Like, I, I would love to be, like, in those meetings where they're going through all the different ways they can phrase, like, oh, we had this many unique viewers. We had this, <laughs> like, you know. It's like when they used to put uh, movies at the very beginning. So, like, they would automatically start playing, and they would, like, count that as a view. Like, they said, I think it was Bird Box. They said that, like, 60 million, uh, like, people watch it. And it was like, there's no way. Like that's just yeah. <laughs> it just seems impossible. There's no way. Like it was definitely like a viral movie, but like, you know, they 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 have their ways of shifting. 
Hey, hey you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast right now. You're listening to an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. You should probably know that we have an entire catalog of podcasts on this network. So what I want you to do right now, once you finish this episode, after you finish subscribing, leaving a five-star review down in the Apple Podcast section, I want you to search Underground Sports Philadelphia and go check out our catalog of podcasts, especially our flagship TV and movie podcast for streaming services called Streamer Season. We have breakdowns of amazing shows coming out weekly. You should definitely check it out. That's Streamer SZN. Search it on your favorite podcast app and give us a follow on social media. You won't regret it. Check out all the awesome podcasts on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. And thank me later. Now, back to the show. Uh, More breaking Sixers news. It looks like Seth Curry just hurt his hand on DeMarcus Cousins' ankle. And uh, he's going back to the locker room to get it looked at. It is um, not ideal. Seth can't catch a break. He really can't. He was just starting to get back into rhythm, too, after after being back uh, from, from his ankle and then from COVID. So, I hope he's okay, obviously. And uh, also more breaking news. We won't have to worry about him with the Mets. Tim Tebow's retiring uh, from that's, baseball. It's a huge shame. I was actually getting really worried, you know, that he was going to be calling up this year and making a big – How old is Tim Tebow now? He's got to be, like, early 30s. He's got to be. He is – let's see. He's got to be, like, 33 now? 33? Yeah. Jesus. Tim, come on, man. I mean, he's just getting ready to take the uh, the QB coach job here. Or some sort of team chaplain. Job. He's going to be the team chaplain, like in Houston, right? And like have this whole. <laughs> uh, he's 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 going to be back uh, talking in Bristol, Connecticut, on on the cable cable airwaves. Yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah, good for Tebow, two sport athlete. Yeah. Hey, listen, not easy. It's not easy to do. He proved that, right? Uh, Mario Golf, though, we brought it up at the top of the show. Uh, I don't even remember the last time. Two thousand three. So. What a, what an entrance from the top rope for Mario Golf, coming back. Yeah, I can't say that I ever played Mario Golf as a kid, so I don't have yeah. a, a huge connection. I was hoping for, uh, I was me and Sarah were just playing Sonic and Mario at the Olympic Games, and they had uh, the, like the soccer game on there. I loved Mario Strikers. Yes, uh, for the Wii, would love to see that back. I was secretly hoping we get something like that, but. It's cool, you know. It's nice to have some of these, like, you know, get some attention to like games we grew up with, like, a retouch on them and and bringing something back for us to to get into. But probably not going to be a buy for me. It looks, I mean, the graphics look great from what I saw. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was Mario Golf World Tour. I think that was on the Wii, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, obviously on Game Boy Advance N64. It's a, uh, it's one of those Mario sport games that, for whatever reason, are addicting as hell. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are. Um, speaking of golf, our boy Steven Schneider, he is in a tournament coming up. Uh, he just announced it. That'll be on uh, right here on the Twitch channel as well. It's the Hannon Charity Classic bracket. Uh, he's playing for the Know Your Rights camp that Dom and I streamed for. Uh, a couple months ago during, I think, this like during the summer. Um, but he's in a tournament. You know, he's being a baller. 
uh, in the professional golf game on our Twitch channel. So you should be following us here, Underground Sports PHI on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. And uh, follow us on social media at Underground PHI. We'll have the graphics for them, but we're going to round out the show here. The Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame. The votes have been tallied. They've been cast. And uh, some pretty obvious winners. Some Left some, some people off this year because the Eagles didn't really necessarily warrant anybody getting inducted this year. Um, but the Philadelphia Flyers will kick things off with them. And uh, the long-awaited Dylan Mazzola Twitter display name. Coots for Selkie <laughs> happened, so Sean Couturier winning the Selkie Award gets inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, for the 76ers, Daryl Morey getting uh, getting brought into the Sixers organization. And then uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, signing JT Real Muto, kind of locked it in. And then team of the year, we had first year was the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl, obviously. Philadelphia Union win team of the year. And then uh, our our legend award goes to the late great Dick Allen. Yeah, So all good choices. Fantastic class to uh, round out one hell of a year for us here on the, uh, the old podcast. And uh, coming up right after this on Twitch will be uh, Steven Schneider streaming some more PGA Tour. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But if you're listening to this on the audio version, like I said, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. And uh, check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. I put two new blogs up there about uh, Philadelphia Wings head coach slash GM Paul Day getting a three-year extension this week. And something that kind of went under the radar, in my opinion, in the TV entertainment world. Uh, Loki coming to Disney Plus in May apparently in November got renewed for season two and I had no idea about it kind of resurfaced again in January. And I was like, season one hasn't even happened yet. Interesting. So I did a little investigative reporting on that. And, um, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL three one one and make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast on Apple podcasts. If you use it, uh, leave a five-star rating and review. Let us know how you feel about this Sixers bench, who you want to see them potentially acquire at the trade deadline, how you're feeling about the Flyers hopefully getting back on the ice soon, and uh, you know spring training being here. Anything that comes to mind, drop it in the Apple Podcast Reviews. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. You can check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, we'll be back later this week talking, you know, about the Sixers. Hopefully the Flyers playing a game. Philly spring training here. First spring training game, Matt, in 11 days. February 28th. Just want to thank God for this, you know. <laughs> really appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully the Sixers come away with a win tonight against the Rockets. And, uh... That's that's a show. That's and Dallas, it, baby. That's, that's what they say. Shout out to Texas. Yeah, stay warm. Did you uh, did you see the kid in his car? He he has Wi Fi and he said, "I forgot I have Wi Fi in my truck." He brought his whole TV and gaming system out so he could play Call of Duty. You got to get one of the old consoles that would like overheat and get really warm. <laughs> if you really want to like step it up, 
We really want to uh, see it. It's terrible, though. Hope everyone's okay. Yeah. It's not... No fun having no power, I tell you that. Not ideal. Um, show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Of course, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Same promo code, all three websites. Tomahawk Shades, promo code USP gets you 25% off your order. Manscaped.com gets you 20% off. Free shipping and a big old thank you from your balls. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka gets you 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka. Must be 21 or older to order. And please drink responsibly. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 306. For Matt, I'm KB. Stay tuned for Steven Schneider. He'll be coming up at 8.30 right here. Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. I'm